Welcome to More to Come, PW Comics World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Hi, I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm also co-editor of PW Comics World. I'm also the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor of The Beat, www.comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer. I'm assistant editor at The Beat, and I write for Publishers Weekly Comic World. Okay, this week on uh, more to come, SOPA, PIPA, and uh, <laughs> comics and megalos, <laughs> more to come. Um, uh, new appointments at Comixology, uh, trouble at Kickstarter with the Ashes Project, state of the manga industry, um, DC's new logo, uh, DC teams up with Lego for kids comics, um, Wizard, uh, we've got our briefs coming up, and with that, we'll jump back to the top of the line. Okay, obviously one of the, some of the biggest news this week uh, came out of the, the opposition to SOPA and PIPA. You know, the Obama administration um, uh, logged in against it, and um, it seems as though one supporter after another, certainly in Congress, was jumping overboard. And really, um, of course, it was a huge day of protest on the Internet. Uh, yep. Wikipedia went dark for a day, um, you know, leaving countless bloggers and college students absolutely bereft and relying <laughs> on their own knowledge. Um, you know, Google blacked out its logo. Uh, you know, many, many websites mm-hmm. were darkened. Uh, so it was, you know, a real grassroots campaign, and it definitely seems to have had some some effect. And then, very dramatically, almost as if written in a movie, although actually unrelated. The very yeah. next day, on Thursday, Mega Upload, the site that rated by the feds. Yes, was raided by the feds and taken down. And, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of piracy on Mega Upload, but people use it legitimately as well. Um, One thing is interesting. I mean, both sides of the issue, um, SOPA and people supporters, as well as uh, um, uh, the opposition, I mean, they all speak out in favor of controlling piracy in some way. You know, the question going forward is just how are we going to do that? including what supporters of, of SOPA and people say are that many of the most onerous parts of these bills actually were removed before uh, the protest uh, really reached, really crested. Nevertheless, I, I thought it, it marked an important, I think, day for the internet, internet community in general uh, and internet businesses in general to sort of register that, you know, the, the internet world wants to be consulted a bit in how it's going to be regulated. And it's interesting that there's comic implications to this, too, because Time Warner and Disney, parent companies of the big two, are definitely in favor of Sopa Pipa, whereas, you know, a lot of the major comic creators have come out against it and have said, you know, we feel this will squash free speech, will make it harder for us to do our work. Um, it's not that we're in favor of piracy, but, you know, this, this is totally going to be abused. Right, and, and, you know, not appropriate. And yeah. uh, one thing that, um, you know, when Obama came out against uh, SOPA, uh, there there was some talk on uh, that major entertainment conglomerates were who are huge donors to the Obama campaign in two thousand eight were saying, "Oh well, you know what? That ends now. Um, we are not going to support you anymore." And uh, so, you know, I mean, there's quite a bit of. Uh, they haven't given up at all. No, I mean, the, the major entertainment companies are still very much in favor of getting yeah. this bill passed. So. And hasn't uh, someone sort of called for a, a big sit-down between um, 
you know, IP owners and uh, internet businesses uh, like like Google and whatnot to to try to hash out some middle course uh, that can target piracy uh, without handing IP owners uh, what seems to be a completely overbroad ability to to block sites if one small item turns up to be uh, you know an infringing component. I mean, I have to say, I would be astonished if that happens, or if it does happen, if it does any good, because the MPAA and the RIAA are are wildly extreme and out of touch. Yeah. I mean, it's not that anybody else is like, yay, piracy, so much fun. It's just that they really do not give a damn about the internet or how people use it. They would love for it to just be them and everything they have locked down, and they don't even really like, you know, parody or any of these things. But when you have conservative Republicans like Orrin Hatch saying the bill's not ready for prime time, I mean, <laughs> right, clearly, right. clearly, uh, you know, the 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 eight hundred pound gorillas of of IP. Uh, like Disney and like uh, RIAA, they're going to have to they're going to have to rein in uh, their worst impulses. Um, and and once again, the ability of the internet, surprise surprise, to really uh, energize public opinion on an issue um, uh, means that they that it's more involved here than simply uh, them protecting their cash cow. It is, and I I mean the reality is is really that um uh. You know, I mean, with RAAA and MPAA being out of touch, I mean, and let's face it, these were founded before there was an internet. And, yeah. uh, you know, companies like Amazon and Apple are really going to be the content providers in the, in the yes. future. All right. A handle on how this is distributed. So, I mean, we're just seeing, uh, you know, evolution in its most yeah. primal and bloody form. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some other digital issues uh, as well. Um, there's some uh, personnel movement this week. Well, yes, uh, Ron Peraza has yeah. uh, joined Comixology uh, as their VP of Business Development and Creative Services, which, um, you know, he was formerly at uh, DC doing the yeah. same thing before he left in May. And, he, was, uh, uh, he, he ran Zuda, didn't he? He did. He yeah. uh, founded uh, or, you know, ran the entire Zuda platform at mm -hmm. DC, which, although controversial, definitely had yes. a lot of really yes. great creators. Absolutely. And um, so that's a pretty major hire for Comixology, I yeah. think. It just kind of cements their position yeah. as the number one digital comics player they're doing a lot of hiring i mean this is follows the hiring of um chip Mosher. yes exactly you know, a, little, a few months ago but still still in all they they're they're making some very interesting uh hires obviously respected people in the business mm -hmm. and uh in the press release it said that uh peraza would be working on new platforms um so i mean there already are several zuda comics that have found a home at comicsology so i i would really expect this to be uh you know, a precursor to Comixology doing more original content. So. Yeah, yeah, sounds interesting. Um, uh, let's a couple of issues here: the controversy at Kickstarter over Ashes and Apple's new um, digital textbook format. Um, Kickstarter. Uh, well, um, huh, this was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, boy, what a mess this is. It's um, an awesome mess. It, it really was. A couple months ago, there was a Kickstarter uh, um, campaign for a product called Ashes, uh, written by uh, Alex DeCampi and drawn by Jimmy Broxton, which is a pseudonym of uh, an artist named James Hodgkins. And it was incredibly successful. Yeah. Um, it Even had a retailer component uh, yes. for its premiums, which was fairly innovative. 
Yes, in fact, we've talked about Ashes many times here about it, and everybody has just been, what a incredible, great thing this is. And you know, Alex DeCampi uh, is also someone who's written a lot of, uh, you know, she did Valentine mm-hmm. via multiple platforms. She's really sure. been out leading the charge on digital comics, mm-hmm. and uh, so everybody was really, uh, uh, you know, thinking this is really the way forward. And then an old demon called Creative Differences reared its head, yes. and um, they've both been uh, both sides have really been playing it out in the in the uh, comics press, including the beat all week yes. of you know their sides of the story. And um, you know, it's yes. I've talked On to both of them. The internet, the new public square to debate. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I've talked to both of them uh, mm-hmm. on and off the record, and uh, all I could say is, if there was ever an example of he said, she said, uh, this is perfect because it's all that that they both say the same thing happened. It's just they have a completely different version of who was to blame. So, so the entire project now is in jeopardy of basically well, not happening. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised, and I don't think it necessarily makes anyone bad. It's just sometimes people hate each other. It <laughs> <laughs> yes. can't be helped. Uh, it's true. Yeah. But at the end of the day, though, we're, there's a, a fabulous project that even uh, Jimmy Broxton agrees has a fabulous script. Um, you know, Alex is trying to find a new artist. Uh, whether she can or not uh, remains to be seen. Um, I hope the project goes through. I'm a backer. Um, and, and the retail component where uh, retailers could actually uh, support and get a package of the comics that they could actually sell uh, just seemed like it was opening up Kickstarter to yet another very interesting uh, alternative um, to other distribution uh, channels out there. But And, uh, you know, I think a lot of this, I mean, I I think there's going to be a little bit of Kickstarter tire kicking, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, Um, and it's been a little, but no doubt there's more to come. Because, I mean, she has no... no, um, She doesn't have to give the money back. Yeah, that's true. Very good point. uh, Now, she has offered to return the money, as I I read in my... uh, The backer statements that have gone out, um, that she doesn't have to do that. We'll see. Go. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, just to, to, with Kickstarter, I mean, she's under no, you know, you don't have to send it back. You don't have to, I mean, the Kickstarter yep. says you don't have to send the money back. Yep. And, you know, I, the one thing I would say about this is that uh, uh, Kickstarter, uh, I mean, I think people are definitely, you know, I don't think anybody gave that much money except for one unnamed actor. What maybe this will be a lesson for going forward, or possibly something other creators will have to look at when they put out campaigns, is have some kind of statement about what they would do in the case of creative differences. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, so yes. <laughs> clearly something that they're going to have to consider going forward. Um, let's jump right now to the, the new Apple's format. Talk about um, a, a launch that is full of promise and pitfalls. Apple, uh, and I was at the um, the launch event um, on uh, Thursday up at the Guggenheim Museum. Um, Apple has launched a new uh, version of iBooks, the iBooks format. It's called iBooks 2. And they've lost a new, they launched a new tool, authoring tool, uh, called iBooks Author that is absurdly, makes makes creating multimedia eBooks absurdly easy um basically it's in the apple mode it's drag and drop everything you can drop in video you can drop in audio um, animation 3d models this is a the i the new ibooks 2 format is targeting digital textbooks the whole presentation really was an educational textbook but uh, an, an educational uh, presentation however um uh philip schiller um apple's uh, senior vp of worldwide marketing 
uh, was very clear in saying that, you know, you can use this for anything and you can sell it anywhere in the iBook store. They've created a new textbook category in the iBook store that didn't exist before. But there is a hang up with, you know, really, uh, uh, even though many people are citing that, you know, this can be a really boon to creativity. It really makes it incredibly easy and you uh, to create iBook, to create eBooks. Uh, and then you can submit it to Apple as you would in, as any would anyone else. Um, they obviously they have to approve everything that goes on for sale in the iBook store. But you have a really easy and broad based distribution channel. Uh, except for one problem is that Apple, uh, anything created with iBooks author, uh, it can only be sold through the iBooks store. So it's kind of set up a dilemma for creative artists. All right. Now, I mean, do you think this will have application for the uh, for comics? I mean, is it you know I something? Think, I think yes. Um, mm -hmm. I think without a doubt that it, this would make it extremely easy to put together a, a multimedia, a, to do a comic, to do a straight comic, or in fact, to really do some imaginative multimedia enriched uh, comic that was a, a hybrid animation project. I mm -hmm. mean, you could do a little bit of both. You could have panels that animated themselves. You could do all kinds of things. You could put in uh, sound files. Um, uh, now, the question the artists that are going to be facing artists of all kind is, you know, you're locked into the Apple channel if you do it. Right. Right. So, well, as I was just saying earlier, the Apple channel is still a pretty big channel. It's so. a pretty good channel. You know, if you, don't have, you have to go with one. Uh, you know, it's not a bad channel to be trapped in. Um, that said, um, uh, and, and I did a story about this that uh, will be in the uh, PW print on, uh, on Monday. Um, if you want to reach the rest of the market, uh, uh, one publisher told me, uh, you're going to have to go somewhere else. <laughs> well, there so, you go. There it is. Uh, okay, um, let's jump to, well, uh, we, there was the announcement of a couple of publishers. Uh, Media Blasters, uh, um, obviously, uh, is, is cutting back on his publishing. Bandai has already made uh, announcements uh, along these lines. The state of the manga industry right now, and um, it's, it's flat and down, and it's, it seems like small publishers are disappearing every day. It's dwindling. It's yeah. dwindling down. and um, Not for major properties. I mean, for big yeah. properties, um, the, you can, you know, for the Naruto's of the world, yeah. there, there still seem to be some buyers. But, Kate, uh, what do you, uh, what have you been seeing out there? Well, um, very interesting right now is the reason we're bringing this up today is that Bandai Entertainment has announced that it will stop releasing new anime and manga in February. They're going to continue to distribute their existing books and they're going to license merchandise but no new material. And yeah. meanwhile, Media Blasters, which is sort of a bit smaller, but, you know, yeah. kind of mid-range, not one of the really tiny ones, mm -hmm. has laid off 60% of their staff. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Bandai light, uh, laid off a bunch of people as well. So, yeah. And um, they're just servicing their catalog. They're not yeah, releasing any new material. They're not doing anything new. So, even in my... Uh, talk with, uh, I did a sort of year-end uh, wrap-up with, um, with Koo from uh, digital, from um, Diamond Book Distributors. And, you know, it, it, no different from him uh, that, you know, the manga market uh, continues to be down. Um, and uh, it is interesting. Um, I did read a discussion online. I mean, 
you know, many people, uh, unlike it, the early years, are, you know, they're pointing to scanlations and um, and piracy uh, as really affecting the ability, uh, affecting the selling market of manga. I mean, it, it, that's interesting in regards to the fact that, I mean, generally speaking, when you put stuff for free online, whether it's piracy or legitimately distributed for free, you know, you sell something in the real world. It, that that seems to be breaking down now. <laughs> it's not, you know, or well, what, what we're is the seeing, real world, you know, or what, or, or, or what we're seeing is that, you know, maybe people are, are sampling these pirated versions. Maybe they're buying a few things, but they're not buying enough. Well, I think what you're seeing is, you know, what ICV2 has been talking about is the maturing market. And, um, you know, at the beginning of the manga era, about 10 years ago, you had like, uh, you know, 15 years worth of incredible properties mm. that had never been seen and did it burst yeah. like a bombshell. On the minds of uh, the, uh, you know, weeaboo generation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're all older now and it hasn't had the same effect on uh, on a younger generation. And the other huge factor is that it's not being shown on TV. Well, you know, that's that true. is what it's, really that's drove dramatically, it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Car- Adult Swim used to show anime yeah. Yeah. and um, it, you'd be hard pressed to find any of it. And that's because the, the viewing numbers have gone down. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, Viz and Yen are still hanging in there. Yeah. They're still dominating the totally. book scan yeah. charge. Um, uh, yeah, that's absolutely. Yen, Viz, they're, they're still putting out properties. They're, they are still doing well. Um, but it seems as though smaller publishers are, are just disappearing from the. Uh, I mean, other than the Digital Manga Guild, which does seem to have gotten some traction uh, from its new, um, rather, Digital Manga Publishing and its Digital Manga Guild um, translation project uh, that's putting up hundreds of titles um, in digital form and, and using amateurs to translate them. Uh, they seem to maybe be getting some traction with that. Uh, because the whole process is to sort of to lower the price and lower the risk of of introducing new manga, but this isn't. But these aren't really, you know, the gold standard properties. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, it's it's something that obviously we're going to have to take a closer look at. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, it's 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 an evolution. I mean, yeah. I think the classic manga properties like Naruto are, are you know are here. I mean, Pokemon and Sailor Moon keep coming yeah, back, they keep and coming, coming back. back and coming mm-hmm. back. You know, just like Transformers and you know Speed Racer and um, you know all of these um, you know Battle of the Planets. All of these uh, come back. I mean, they go away and then they get re- reborn. I mean, these are yeah. classic media properties, just like Batman and Spider Man. So, and you know. in the, and in the face of the, the this market trouble, Kadansha is launching itself here in the states um they they've made a major acquisition in, in buying up vertical ink um both of them have strong lists uh and uh, kadancha uh, issued its first you know its app during new york comic-con so um you know there there are players there's still yes. players in in you know in that in the category uh who you know have some strong titles it's, and maybe that maybe just more quality is what it's not an 800 pound gorilla anymore yeah. it's a 400 pound yeah yeah that's so it's true. It's still a pretty big gorilla. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It's still right. a pretty there big gorilla. Well, uh, right. moving on quickly. Um, yeah. Another thing that people were talking about, like the burning up the chat lines, um, <laughs> was DC uh, Entertainment introducing a new logo, and um, uh, which you can see all over the internet. But um, it, it's it's more of an interactive logo. It is uh, something that can be animated. It is mutable. It uh, has okay. it, it can be used to change so it looks like uh, Wonder Woman, or you know, animated so it looks like uh, mm. Superman crashing through a 
uh, pile of bricks. I mean, is there anything this logo can't do? Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, please, fans. I mean, <laughs> right. they don't like it. You know? All right. Well, I haven't seen any of the animated forms. It looks pretty drab to me for comic book companies, particularly uh, uh, a, a comic book publisher of epic uh, um, heroic stories. Um, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the idea of having an interactive logo that you can change for different properties yeah. is a great idea. Sure. I just think they should have spent a little more time on this one to make it less ugly. Well, they hired. Yeah, but I haven't seen. Now, have you seen these? I haven't seen these animated versions no, of it. No, but yeah. I, I've read that they are, they exist. Yeah. But uh, um, you know, the other uh, the other thing about it is that when they did their new logo, the uh, sw- uh the swirl logo, as it was known, mm-hmm. um, it for some reason they wasn't trademarked properly, and then DC Shoes had a whole. Um, you know, really? fight with DC about it. Yeah, I mean, this was like in the news a while ago, actually, and um, kind of lay fallow. But yeah, apparently they did need to get a new logo in order to properly trademark it. And uh, so, you know, that's part of why they have a new logo. And, um, you know, it's just like when they they um, introduced the Swish. Everybody hated it at first. And now yeah. everybody's like, you know, oh, I, it's, I no, miss it's classic. the Swish. I miss, it's a classic. Yeah, so, you know. You know, I mean, like... The logo before the Swish might have been better, but the Swish is definitely a lot more exciting. Yeah, yeah. well, well comic- we've gone from a yeah. bullet to a Swish to a flip, so that's what. what <laughs> well, it looks like we you're. It, it actually looks like you're peeling off like. A- yeah, I think it was <laughs> like a weird sort of like stencil. Yeah, anyway, uh, well, okay. Well, you know, DC did something else this week that was uh, met yeah. with more, uh, more more praise, which yes. was they launched a. Like, portal for kids comics uh with lego and um called the hero factory and uh you know uh, lego had a uh, property um a few years ago uh which now uh even though i wrote the story i'm completely blanking on the name of but um it was there in bionicle bionicle that's it and they did little uh dc did little comics that came with the bionicle and mbm center uh if i'm not mistaken so well, that was just recent, but you know the biotical line is is uh, was not around anymore. Yeah, so they did mm-hmm. a whole bunch of them. But at the time, I was pointing out that these comics had like you know something like seven hundred fifty thousand copies in the mm-hmm. circulation. So they were by far the best circulated comics of the era. So you know Lego, and now they have Ninjago, which is their uh, ninja yes. fighting mm-hmm. game. So um, they really have a lot of uh, you know uh, entree into the kids market, and I think for DC to team with them is uh, very smart, and also Lego is doing DC Lego. So, you know, right. it's a beautiful branding marriage made only in the right. Toys R Us. And getting comics in kids' hands, creating yes. comics readers uh, at the earliest ages. Sounds well, good you, you to me. You wonder if they're going to have, like, a link to it on some of their Lego packaging or stuff to help cross-promote to kids or something. Mm-hmm. Well, Lego's very, very good at cross-promoting their stuff, so yeah. um, I would not be surprised right. if they did. All right, moving on. Uh, hey, do we want to look very briefly, uh, talk a little bit about Wizard and all of the financial uh, issues swirling around it? Well, I, I think they just released their year-end uh, business report. However, it was the year-end of 2010, so they've yet to release their 2011 business report. As a publicly traded penny stock, they have to do all this. So mm-hmm. um, they're currently in the process of hiring a new CEO to replace ousted Garib Sheamus. Um, so, I, you know, if you're following the story, which an inordinate amount of people in the industry seem to, um, there's really a lot of uh, great stuff. Although uh, I, I think it's a, it's a case of mass schadenfreude going on yeah, here when it comes to wizard absolutely, world. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting information. I mean, they're, they're – um, 
their convention business was profitable. The convention business as a whole was profitable. But not all of the shows. Only two of their shows were. So. Mm-hmm. And now for the news briefs. Speaking of DC, as we were a minute ago, DC's new 52 is down by six. Another six comics will be added in their place, but whether they'll count as part of the new 62 is yet to be determined. <laughs> it's like the new, new 52. The, yeah, new, new 52. Uh, Blackhawks, Hawk and Dove, Men of War, Mr. Terrific, Omac, and Static Shock uh, are all closing. We hardly knew ye. And this is sort of an interesting slate of titles. I mean, I'm not really surprised because none of them had amazing sales. But OMAC is being written by Dan Didio himself. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, there's a certain amount of friction over the fact that uh, Mr. Terrific and Static Shock are two of DC's new minority lead titles. Why? The black characters always die first. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, well, go on. <laughs> that thing is still hanging on. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> um. And, I mean, it's just an interesting slate. I mean, I'm not surprised that Blackhawks is ending much as I liked it. But, yes. And here's what is coming in to replace them. Uh, Batman Incorporated with Grant Morrison is coming back. Yep, that might be interesting. Uh, Earth 2 is coming in, and it's going to be written by James Robinson with art by Nicola Scott. World's Finest, which I suspect is going Classic. to be the Superman-Batman book. No, I think it's more Earth 2. Earth 2. Earth oh, yeah, that's more. the Earth 2 book. Isn't it's, Jeff Johns writing that? Yeah. Well, there's an Earth 2 book, and there's World's Finest, which is going to be more Earth it's 2. It's all Earth 2. The World's <laughs> Finest is the power. It's the book about Power um, Girl and, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, uh, Earth and the Huntress trying right. to find their way back to their own uh, oh. their own universe. So it's exciting. Mm. Well, this is going to be written. It's sort of a blast from the past in a number of ways, because not only does it have refugees from the... Uh, DC Universe that just got wiped out. It also is being written by Paul Levitz with art by George Perez and Kevin McGuire. All right. Interesting uh, slate. Uh, they're going to do Dial H. And this is this one is particularly and interesting because of the the writer who's going to be doing yes, it. Yes, China Mieville. Yes, the going, novelist. The novelist is going to be writing it, which should be interesting. Uh, with artist Matthias Santaluccio. Uh, G.I. Combat. All right. Yes, we're wow. getting a new war book to replace the old war book, which <laughs> yes. is being written out. Um, and guess who's the writer? J.T. Krull. Interesting choice. <laughs> uh, with Ariel Olivetti as the artist. And well, I love these classics. Some of the classic stuff here. War the Time Forgot. I mean, that used. You know, I used to love that stuff. Oh, yeah. But I do sort of wonder... Like, what the difference, given that they're remaking them from the ground up, between G.I. Combat and Men of War is really going to be. Yeah. Well, the, it's just, you know, a new number one. And that's yes. what really sells. So. There you go. New number ones. <laughs> Maybe they launch it with a different title. People will like it better. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and Ravagers, uh, written by Howard Mackey and with uh, artist Ian Churchill. All right. So we will see whether they count as part of the new 52 or not. Okay. So, Jennifer DeGuzman. Worked for many years. She worked for many years at at Slave Slave Labor as their editor-in-chief. And and indeed was also a columnist for PW Comics World. Moonlighting. Jennifer is leaving her position at SLG for Image Comics. And she's going to be doing what, PR at um, 
At Image Comics. Yes. All right. And also on the indie front and moving around, the claimed Roger Langridge is popped back up on the radar. He's going to be doing a Popeye book for IDW. Meanwhile, also in the old titles from favorite authors, Garth Ennis will be writing an ongoing book about The Shadow for Dynamite. All right. And that's... Yeah, I think everybody really, uh, you know, got their fanboy uh, waiting <laughs> pants on when they heard yes, that. Yes. So, yeah, great. Yes. Right. There's a certain bunch of people who have have never quite forgotten his his work on Preacher, and will be very, very happy to see him again. All right. Um, meanwhile, uh, Portland-based studio Study Group Twelve. Yeah, is, this looks really uh, great. Is going digital. And um, let's see. Here's their listing that will come different title every day of the week. Monday is Danger Country from Levon Jahanian. Tuesday is The Morning Star from Casimir Stripek. Great. Wednesday is The Yankee by Jason Livian. Oh, hard to say. <laughs> okay. Livian and Ian McEwen. Right. Thursday is The Lone Wolf by Jennifer Parks and Titan by Francois Vignon. And Friday is It Will All Hurt by Farrell Darimarco. Oh, Farrell, yeah. yeah. So, Farrell, you know, Farrell the uh, artist of Pop yeah. Gun War and uh, Omega the Unknown. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot of really incredible talent on that whole lineup. So yeah, They uh, really look great. I haven't read them yet, but I've heard about this group, uh, and I just glanced at the website. Uh, really a great drawing. Uh, I really, really think this is uh, uh, looks like just a very creative presentation of young cartoonists and this is actually a really interesting way to do high art web comics where you may not be able to produce enough material individually to have something coming out every day of the week but you want to have people coming back and only having new material once a week is not good enough but if you have a studio and everybody has their specific day to put things out and you share an address you know suddenly there's something for every day of the week yep Study Group 12. Great. Coming to a computer near you. All right. All right. And last but not least. And last but not least, uh, Viz is really stepping up their promotion for the Viz computer app. And if you sign up and you are a new member, you will get one volume one of whatever Viz comic you want for free. All right. Yeah, I think that has a time limit, though. I think it's only running until um, maybe the end of the month. So, uh, you know, if you want to do that, you should definitely go. And unfortunately, it is not available in uh, outside the U.S. It is a U.S. only. So, um, but anyway, so. All right. But if you are in the U.S., go for it. Okay. All right. So that looks, um, does that bring us to the end of our list here? It does actually. It does. So, All right. um, although you know, there's uh, there's one quick thing I would like to mention that um, our um, uh, which I don't think we mentioned in the last um, uh, more to come is the um, the the PW Comics World Critics Poll um, was out this week or the week before, and Harker Vagrant uh, got the most votes. And um, just just to uh, let people know that uh, uh, our annual uh, survey of critics. Um, you know, settled on a book that really has really has sort of taken the, the you know the, the comics community by storm this year. 
Yes, so, and Kate Bean was also named the Beats Person of the Year. Uh, that's uh, right. And there also in another poll that was uh, released that week, um, you know, she was also the team of the year was the the Dio and Jim Lee at DC. You know, for sure. Quite, for sure. So uh, you know, new D, new fifty two. But uh, you know, Kate beaten. I think twenty eleven was her year. It, indeed, it was. So um, so congrats to um, to Kate Beaton uh, and uh, the drawn in quarterly, and of course to Dan Dio and and Jim Lee. They certainly. Um, uh, contributed to turning the comics industry on their head a little bit this year. So, all right. Well, you know what? I think uh, uh, that's uh, about it for our two weeks. There was uh, an eventful. January 2012 <laughs> is off to a rollicking start. So Absolutely. I'm sure there's more to come. Oh, yes, there will be. All right. And on that note, we'll see you in a, in a week or two. <laughs> all right. All right. Take Lord care. Up. All right. Bye-bye.